Welcome to the podcast. We're officially into the podcast. Finally, <laughs> messing around, backups and backups. But yeah, um, welcome, welcome to the podcast, <laughs> Mr. Craig Black. Thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, see, see, we've got quite a few people on the podcast uh, recently. Have had cool names. I think Craig Black is well out there with a cool name. See, that's brilliant to hear. That. I always thought I'd. Uh... I was going to say a shit name. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, nah, it's been weird to see when, um, especially Americans. Americans love my name. They think it's like yeah. a, they think I'm a rock star. They think I'm a rock star. I'm like, <laughs> nah, I'm just a designer from Scotland. That's all. I think it's a great name. I love the name Craig Black. It's like when like Daniel Craig or like Craig, yeah, like anything Craig, I guess. But um, like first name, two first names, like short names. I think it works perfectly. I think that's just yeah. it. Just makes for a cool name. We had, uh, a light. <laughs> it's a lot easier than your cube mirror, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we had uh, Sid Danger on the podcast, and that's a cool name. She's, uh, a, a, cool she's name. a Canadian designer. But yeah, um, it's going to be tough to beat that one, I think, Sid Danger. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, we're not here to talk about names. Uh, we're here to talk about your projects, yourself, uh, design, and just before the podcast. It's literally just a conversation, so we'll just free roll it. But um we we nice just, just talking about sort of competitiveness and uh social media and uh how I've sort of given up a little bit with it all and trying to get my head over the competitiveness side of it. Uh yeah, you gave some good advice, just concentrate on what you uh on what you can can control. It's good. Exactly, exactly. With social media can be a, a brilliant place, but the other flip side it can be quite a negative space as well. Um but it's it's how you you deal with that in a sense like I've been slowly not slowly actually more over the past six months to a year has just been detracted away from social media big time um and it's actually creating a better mental space for me um to just enjoy life and realizing the most important things in life are not on social media um because what happens is especially creatives they get so caught up on the the likes how many followers they have or the or that noise or the notifications and it doesn't that doesn't justify how good you are as a person or how good you are as a, a designer. So like I take it with a pinch of salt. Like there's a great community, you get to connect with people all over the world. Hence why we're having this conversation right now is when we connected on social media. So it does lead to amazing opportunities. Uh, it does have its place, but um just use it for what you want to use it for and don't go bogged down with all the negativity and the absolute rubbish it comes with it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's, um, that's a good bit of advice. So we, we originally connected, I think, last year when uh, well, we, we did a podcasting tour, me and Matt Roth were coming around the UK and uh, we were going to come up to Scotland and, well, we did come up to Scotland and uh, we're going to do it with you. Um, but uh, yeah, for some reason we, we, we couldn't make it work and, and now we're doing it now on uh, Zoom. We'll I know, I know, mate, it's been a... We'll yeah, you need to come back. You need to come back. We're, get, we're supposedly getting a heat wave tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. last for like a full day. A full day and then it'll start pissing rain again. Uh, that's Scotland for you. We love it. I love it. It's, it's the same a, in Manchester, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful country though. Scotland is amazing. I really, really enjoy uh, being up there. What's brilliant about it is like you can get to so many different parts of the country in a short space of time. Mm. literally like a couple of hours in a car here and there and you're one minute you're in a city one next minute you're in some sort of mountain climbing and just amazing fresh air the water and stuff as well like like i was in london for 
um, just under three years when I started my career and I hate after a while <laughs> the city hustle and bustle grinded on me and I missed the the fresh air, the water. Like I I actually live like a hundred yards from the water, beautiful big promenade, um, out there every single day. Like for me, that's happiness, man. That's I wouldn't mm. change it for the world now. Um, I don't think I could ever go anywhere else. I, I just this is home. This is home for me. And I find those like little finer details, like like the fresh air, like honestly, like makes a big difference. <laughs> how how come you went down to London then? What was that about? So um. I graduated from a college in Glasgow in 2013 and I had this mindset that if I wanted to like kind of be a top designer then I, I wanted to learn from the best and I felt like the best were in London Um, that was like the you could say the central hub for creativity especially in Europe Um, so I just had this burning desire to get there some way or form Um, and I remember I must have applied for about bloody 60 odd jobs and got not by for everyone um but eventually it was like months later after graduation i eventually got a job with um, red b media which was um was a motion design like motion kind of design based kind of company but it was broadcast design sorry so they were like the in-house team to the bbc and i had no motion design experience in college or anything like that at all i was all print based but they they seen something within me, they seen my ideas and stuff like that. So they took me on and um, I knuckled down and figured out how to do a bit of motion. Now, you ask me home after effects now, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um <laughs> But that was that was my footstep into the kind of industry and and I'm so glad I did it actually because I got to learn from some amazing experienced creatives as well and I got to meet some incredible pals and it really set me up for where I'm at today in my career. So I spent three years in London and then worked for agencies for two and a half years after graduation. And then after that point, I decided that it was time to become an independent designer, specialising in typography and lettering. Um, and then I went for it, started off in London. And then I missed home badly, really badly, and came back home and it was the best decision I ever made. And I've been continuing my career ever since. Nice. Set up in my hometown. <laughs> is it what, what do you what do you think about London then? Do you think it's worth still doing at these these day and age? I mean, obviously we've got people up here going to Manchester and things like that. Yeah. See, other, other creative hubs are booming now as well. Manchester is an incredible place, and there's so much going on. So many fantastic designers and studios. Like I think the whole getting drawn to London, see for me, it felt like the only place. Like, oh, I didn't even consider Manchester. I didn't know anything about it. Leeds as well. Um, it's got a create, an amazing creative scene has gone down there. But there's now, and even in, what's that, when did I graduate? Seven years ago. Like, the the transformation in cultural cities is, is incredible. And it's shown you that London, for this is my own personal opinion, it doesn't have the, the draw anymore. Like, I'm seeing designers here in Scotland who want to stay in Scotland as well, which is even more exciting for us. Like, they're wanting to sell base in Glasgow or Edinburgh or in your small towns around the country. But even looking to Manchester or the likes of Leeds as a place to go and broaden their horizons, you could see, and set up with other design studios there because it shows you that there's a huge talent outside of London as well, and which is it's incredible. And I think obviously in this kind of 
digital era, you could say that remote working, especially during this pandemic, has shown you how remote working is has been hugely successful for, for some people. Um, and it's kind of pushed agencies to collaborate with people across the world uh, in these remote capacities. And it's just showing you that you could be in a small town or a coastal town in Scotland like me and work with clients all across the world from estates to Australia to Asia. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So, um, but to go back on my point, I, I got, if, if I didn't go to London, I wouldn't be where I am today. So everything happened for a reason and I'm, gl- I'm so glad I did it. But I'm glad I, I took what I wanted out of it and then I moved on. And that was that was always my idea when I moved to London. I wasn't going to be there for the long term. It was to get the best parts of it. And then when I got tired of it all, pull the plug and come home. Um, yeah, so that's what happened. Nice. What Yakub, like, can you talk a bit about like the growing scenes in Manchester and like obviously I think that is pretty much the biggest hub outside London now. And also, um, I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's definitely getting bigger and bigger, and it and it's quite exciting to see because. Um, I, I was kind of the same way men- mentally what you were saying, mm-hmm. Craig, where when it coming out of uni last year, my, my plan was to go straight into to London. It's, I just got very fortunate that uh, Jamie kind of grabbed me before I, I jumped. And mm-hmm. uh, f- from that, you know, I've got to be in Rosendale, which is just outside of Manchester. And I kind of watched Manchester grow. Uh, bigger and bigger with people like Katie Cohen and you know mm-hmm. there's people like I always mention Jay from from Fuse uh, and other studios in like in the northern quarter or, and then a little bit outside grow and you know Jamie and I and Gabby sat in, sat in Rosingale going all right we're, we're going to be a part of this and it's, it's going to be something fun to mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm quite I'm quite glad that uh, in the in the long span of things that I didn't jump straight into to London I think mm-hmm. being I'm only 23 so if I if I ever got the urge to go to London I don't I don't think you know I, I would be scared to go now yeah exactly <laughs> I could, think I think you could play in a time I think if I went at 22 21 I might have been a bit like felt like I was a bit in in over my head whereas man going from Rosendale to Manchester it seems like a gradual increase in and mm. you know so I I um when I graduated at the age of 25, was that? It was 25. Was it 25? I think so. Um, I'm 32 <laughs> now. And um, for that, if I was 21, I wouldn't have went. Whereas 25, and even as a four-year difference, like um, I had a lot of like experience behind me at that point as well. Like, there's a lot of things that happened in my life, and um, I was ready for it. Um, mentally especially can I get down there because it is it can be an intense place to live and work and to kind of I kind of throw myself in the deep end that's kind of how I've always done stuff and and try to figure it out so I think if you're going to do something like you need to be prepared of what it's actually like yeah. down there because if you come from where me like just outside Glasgow and it's a kind of I'm not going to say a quieter way of life but it's a lot more calm mm. um but I think that, that just throwing yourself in the deep end like that, you can learn more about yourself than you, you've ever done before. But there's, like you were talking about Manchester as well, Glasgow, Edinburgh, they're amazing creative cities and there's so much going on at these places and they're growing more and more and more. And the thing about Scottish people, especially Scottish creators, is that we don't shout about it enough. Um, we right. don't shout, give ourselves enough praise when we should be because we're just as good as any other place in the world, actually. And it's fantastic to see, but... 
what is happening is where I'm staying. So I, I stay in like um like I keep saying it's like a small town outside of Glasgow. But there's lots of kind of creatives here who are either starting up their own independent businesses or they're going into creative studios, but they're venturing to Glasgow or Edinburgh as well, which is a little bit of a jump for them because they're not used to the, the city. So Glasgow and Edinburgh, they're actually, for me, they're two totally different places. One, the accent's mm-hmm. totally different. <laughs> um, the culture's totally different. But it's it's what obviously it's great to be a part of those scenes as well. And like I'm, I'm always up and down from these places. It's not far at all. So... Um, there is amazing pots of creativity, yeah. creative cities across the, the country. Birmingham as well, like, and um, yeah. the guys, um, they're doing some amazing stuff down there and it's great to see these places grow. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just going to happen more and, and more. Hopefully it does anyway. Yeah. I haven't been to Edinburgh in a long time. My dad worked there for a short period. He worked in IT. And I remember going That's around it. as a kid going like, oh, I could live here. It, it's really like scenic and peaceful. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's quite a nice place to live at. I'd, love to live there for a while yeah it was really nice uh, uh yeah but like i say when we went to the podcast uh podcast tour around the uk it was an amazing amazing place but uh yeah it's great great to see all these places popping up i mean you've got coventry design festival as well which is happening we just had a chat with the guy who's going to run that uh today so we should be podcasting there if all things go well um and yeah just just seeing events come up around the, around the uk it's great and um to, to be a little bit more in as with the podcast now we're doing the podcast obviously it's nice to be a little bit more involved in those events um mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting interesting to see what's going on in the uk but it's a great point we don't you know it'd make a nice little clip for youtube as well that we don't have to come yeah. into london uh although you can do you know it's an opportunity if, yeah i also think it, like for me going to london was easier than moving up to manchester or liverpool somewhere maybe cheaper to live but uh, obviously i don't live in london but um but, but because I was, I was down south Rather than going to like Brighton or somewhere, it was just the natural thing for me to go into London because I think I felt like that was sort of it. That was sort of the place to to go still. But but yeah, there's definitely opportunities. I had a job in at Southampton Football Club. I could have gone down there. Like there's definitely opportunities somewhere else. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that shows London. I think it's I think there's a bit of a romance around London still. I think that was that was it probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, good chat, good good stuff. Um, moving on to uh, Rangers and all things Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think I think one of the best things about doing this podcast is speaking to people with accents. So um, yeah, so <laughs> I'm a big fan of the, uh, the Scottish accent. Um, so yeah, Rangers Football Club. Let's talk about it. How the hell did you get that job? <laughs> how how did I get that job? Um, so first off, it was my ultimate dream project like ever since I was a a boy kicking a ball about like I've dreamed about was being a footballer and fortunately I did become a professional footballer at one point um for six years but it was lower levels in Scotland it wasn't anything high um uh, it was my local team called Greenock Martin Football Club nice so I played there for five or six years but then uh I didn't love it anymore. I didn't love the game, and it's a lot of political and stuff. And fortunately, I still had this creative streak in me, and that led me to graphic design. But, but yeah, growing up was Rangers daft. My big brother, um, football nut as well. Like Rangers was everything to us. Like we used to go to Ibrox all the time. It's a family event, friends as well. And I remember when I was younger, like that was when my kind of inspiration for getting to typography came from going to a Rangers game. Like, 
I remember seeing the like the, the players, their names and numbers on the back of the tops and thinking, who makes that? Like, how is that done? Like, who, who does these things? And it, I had no idea what it was at that time. Like, who knows? Um, but I always said, like, oh, I remember your cheesy moment to my brother saying, like, one day I'm going to... I'm going to play at Ibrox or something like that and I'm going to be at the part of this club but I thought I was going to do it as a football player um, unfortunately I wasn't good enough <laughs> but um, I believe everything happens for a reason and then this project came along which was incredible I mean I, I struggle for words to even describe how much it means to me but um, to, to even do nice that project so yeah it really is and and how it, I, I, do you know what? I sound dead cheesy, and it will be cheesy, but I felt like it was my calling to do this. Like I really do. Like I'm actually getting cheesy. a bit emotional thinking about it. That's um, That's but good. how it happened, how it happened. So I was in um the <laughs> I was in New York at the time actually, uh, working on a project, and I got this email from um Greg McIntyre, who's the senior designer at Seesaw creative based in Kilmarnock in Scotland and it was a it's quite short and sweet actually it was hey Craig um huge fan of your work and um, would love to talk to you about potentially creating a, a typeface for a football club um would you be able to come into the studio for a chat and I was like yeah that's cool but I'm, I'm in New York just now so it's like can you give me a week or so or a week and a half and I get back I got yeah, no problem no problem and um so I turned up at the studio uh, I don't know anyone. I've never met anyone before. Um, walk in, really nice people. Um, and I walk in in this meeting room, a be- beautiful big room. There's a back, big massive screen, and it says the words Rangers Football Club. <laughs> and my first reaction was fuck off. With a big <laughs> smile on my face, right? And everyone just kind of turned around and, and <laughs> there was like a bit of shock, and I just started smiling. Uh-huh. And um, I said, "Is is this is this?" It's Rangers, Rangers. And they says, are you a Rangers fan? I'm like, yes. And they're like, oh my God, thank God for that. Because at first they thought I was a, a Celtic fan, um, which is obviously the opposite side. Um, so uh, that was a perfect icebreaker with those guys, like the guys at Seesaw, who were an amazing um, amazing team to work with in this project. Um, so they were basically doing the whole rebrand for Rangers. Um, they won the project, which was fantastic. And they spoke with Rangers about creating a uh, bespoke typeface and they loved my work and wanted to um, collaborate with me so and that was in November 2019 what year is this last year yep and then from that it was a an amazing experience like those guys were brilliant to work with but for, I remember when I got on the typeface I got the brief all the inspiration of what they wanted and what they achieved and what they wanted to become um it was as if I knew exactly what I needed to do. It was like, I remember doing the, the work, I sketched it all out, I've even got, basically, I've done all my pencil sketches as well, it all came from me, all by hand right away, and it just came out of me, it really did, I knew exactly what I had to do, because what actually happened was, they wanted me to do the type, and the new crest, which would be Rangers Football Club, club mm-hmm. and then from that, create a typeface, which would then, we didn't go into the extent of how what the typeface would be totally used for at first. Uh, it wasn't until I had my first presentation with the guys and uh, with the marketing team at Rangers, and because um, I think they just said it was going to be used for kind of campaign stuff or whatever. 
But then when I did the presentation and I showed them the concept work, all the uh, research that I did, everything ties back to the club, why the curves of the R's like this, resembling mm. the bluebells of the club, the letter forms re representing the gates on the club as well. So it's all deriving from some part of the Highbrooks, the history of the club. Um, so when I did that presentation, the turnaround says, this is absolutely incredible. Like, there was no, like, it was no comeback. Um, oh, and, um, <laughs> sorry, I just noticed that we were keep on. Um, so, I, like, from that first meeting, it was just, like, buzzing, like, because they were like, this, this typeface absolutely represents Rangers Football Club. It feels like Rangers Football Club. And that was just brilliant because I said to them in a presentation, I was like, I've not done any other work. This is it. This is the typeface. Because, because I totally believed in what I was doing. Like, I knew exactly what needed to be done. And they totally, like, I don't know if they bought into me or they bought into the work or something, but they totally loved it. And um, and that was a special moment. And then it needed a little bit of refinement from that point, to be fair. Um, and it was more in terms of, um, like, the size and the weight and stuff like that as well. So we I fine-tuned it. Um, over the coming months and then we done a second presentation um, up at Ibrox so I got I was doing a presentations in Ibrox as well which is an incredible experience as well mm. like because it's the first time I've been in Ibrox when it's not a game um, which is pretty <laughs> weird um, so I went into this board meeting the second time there was a, the whole marketing team the guys from the Seesaw agency and it was myself and I remember we me and the guys in the agency had like done a joint presentation so they were going through all the branding elements to it when it came to the type, I jumped in and um, I was basically just going over everything again, like, this is why it's like this and everything. And um, it was a special moment, actually. I keep saying it's cheesy, but at the end of that meeting, um, the guys, the marketing team says, first off, I want to say the typeface is absolutely incredible. Like, it is Rangers Football Club. This is exactly it. It embodies the club. And I was just like, I was trying to keep cool, like, outside of us, like, ah! but I'm just like, mm -hmm. yeah, I totally understand, yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so, but in that meeting as well, I'm sorry, I need a drink. That's all good, it's all good. By the way, uh, that was, the little thing slashed up on the screen was basically me putting money in the meter. Zoom, <laughs> Zoom was trying to charge us so for the subscription, and it had, like, it was 10 minutes to do it, otherwise it would all cancel and we'd all be disconnected. Oh, no. The last so, minute save. It's fixed, but um, but yeah, no, this is this is this is amazing story. Yeah, so um, so yeah, they said it was absolutely incredible. It embodied the club, and then one of the marketing guys says, uh, "So are we going to sign off the typeface here and then?" And they all just turn around to, "Yeah, let's do it. We love it. Hell. The numerals, wow. everything about it." So it signed off right in that meeting. Uh, wow. And then everybody just turns around to me and I've, I've got this big stupid smile on my face. <laughs> and then for some reason I start going, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody just starts laughing. Like everybody's, and it was just perfect, honestly, because I don't know what came out. I was just like, all this emotion. I was just like, yes, like celebrating. And uh, But they, it was like the wee boy again. Do you know mm. what I mean? And everyone, in per every person in that room totally understood that as well like they, they i felt i think they felt my whole emotion never it went through so i remember um following that so i was obviously on a high so i left the stadium and spoke to the guys at the seesaw and were like brilliant presentation we're in a great place we're just needing like 
fine tuning the branding elements to it. Um, and then I got into the car um, and I turned around and looked at the stadium and I was just overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, started crying my eyes out. It was, I'm actually getting, ah, it's fun, turned man. up on it. Because, it's amazing. Um, because it was as if all the, all the hard work that I've ever done, all the sacrifices I've ever made, like, it's not been easy to get what to to this moment in my career. It's not been easy one bit at all, and I think people totally underestimate that actually of how much hard effort it is to become an independent, especially starting your own business and trying to make a name for yourself. Um, and I mean, like from starting my career, like having no clients and making hardly any money and scraping by to now this moment where it was like the peak of my design career do you know what I mean and it was as if everything led to this moment and it was just an emotional moment for me and I was so elated with happiness I, I mean so happy I mean so happy and then so I went home and I've had to try and keep quiet for the I think it was that was in March time April time and I I had to try and keep oh no it was before that it was January February time I had to keep quiet for about four or five months and it was torture, absolute torture. Because <laughs> my brother, my dad, my pals, like, all massive Rangers fans, like, oh, wow. they didn't know. I had to wow. keep, I kept it quiet and, um, and it was just, oh, you, ugh, I kind of, it was so hard, honestly, so hard to keep it in. And then it came, um, it was the day, it was the morning of the launch, actually. I phoned my brother and my dad and I told them all about it and they were just going nuts. I mean, like, <laughs> so... I, like, my brother and my dad are, like, typical lads. They're not, like... They're not creatives. They're both plumbers. They're... I don't want to say tough guys, right? Because they've got... They're emotional guys. But the what I think from what that that day, that moment, when I was getting choked up, they, they felt every bit of emotion I did when I launched. So... The, the Rangers launched the project on, I can't remember exactly, it was like four weeks ago now, on the Wednesday. And I had no idea how they were launching it, what was going to happen next and anything like that. And then, um, and my emotions were over the place because football rebrands are probably the hardest rebrands you could ever do. Like, yeah, sure. if fans don't like, if they don't like your work within the first five minutes, there's a hard, it's very hard to come back from that. And there's plenty of clubs that have, if that's happened to and so there was a huge amount of pressure on me like I probably put myself under a huge amount of pressure because I felt like I, I need to deliver here because for me Rangers is such an iconic brand it was all about being one of the elite status of football clubs across the world the fan base is humongous one of the biggest football clubs in the world in that aspect as well so and for a club that you've grown up with like huge amount of weight and pressure that I took upon my shoulders and maybe I built that up more than I, I should have but I put my heart and soul into this project I mean every ounce like every fine detail I put everything into it and um, so when that day came there was a launch video by Rangers and it was um, uh, it was a ready video uh, ready I can't remember the full name it was Rangers ready and it was John Gregg who's like a Rangers legend um, and he had done this voiceover and it was like two minutes long, because I remember my wife was shouting on me, she's like, Craig, 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 it's here, it's here. And I ran in and I watched it, and as soon as it came on, boom. I, again, emotions like crying my eyes out, because 
And I actually felt my knees, like I felt my knees in the living room just going, like, this is just unreal, like, unbelievable emotions. And then, thankfully, thankfully that I get so much positive feedback from it. The fans love the work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, there's there's a handful who don't, they just don't like change, and a lot of them probably have got the old Rangers crest tattoo and raging <laughs> at me because I'm, I'm changing, they need, they need to get a new tattoo, but the response was <laughs> was was overwhelming, like, I mean, mm. overwhelmingly positive, and I didn't, I, sometimes I didn't realise how well I actually did until now, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like, I yeah. had to, like, now I'm stepping back and reassessing everything and I'm soaking up every single second of this like I will never get I, I don't think I'll ever get this kind of feeling again towards another project I don't think I ever will and that's why that I'm that four weeks on the launch I'm still embracing it I'm still enjoying every single moment because one thing is creatives is that we don't we don't enjoy our work enough we don't look back and say well done like yeah. that's a big thing for me like I, I'm I'm hugely proud of myself and I mean extremely proud of myself of what I've done for the Rangers. Like, I can't even describe how proud I am for it, but to see family and friends, fans, like other creatives, people from across the world just saying how proud they are of me doing this work and they couldn't have done it for a better guy as well. Like, it's just, just absolutely special. And I just felt like, I don't know if it was a project which was just meant for me. I have no idea. Like, it maybe felt like that, but... The response has just been magnificent and seeing seeing that work going from the crest to now being translated across the whole it's probably it's like the top hierarchy of the brand, it's the most focal point. It's all across the Ibrox Stadium now. It's everywhere. It's on the back of the uh the kits. Like seeing that was just everything to me. Like I I watched I think there was the first the first friendly the other week. It was two weeks ago. <laughs> And it was the first time I seen it, and I went up to my father in law's because he's a big Rangers man as well, and and uh, I saw the players running out with my tight face on the back of the strips, and I was just again emotional, like just sitting there and couldn't speak because it's just everything when I was a little kid to that moment is just incredible, and now the brand is rolling out. They're using it all across social media, other branded collateral, everything like they're using the marketing. It's just amazing, and I saw like. Scarf getting made. I think it was one of the transfer signings. Rangers signed two strikers yesterday, and it was like the scarf, and it was just like, fuck. Like this is just unreal, and um. But the the amazing thing about the the whole launch of the brand and one thing I'll I'll be hugely grateful for to Rangers and Seesaw is that they've they've acknowledged me and part mm-hmm. of the brand launch as well. Like they actually said, Craig Black was the man who done the typeface, and that was huge for me because that. I'm sure there's creators all over the world who have worked with huge brands and never got any recognition, whether you're a studio or a yeah. a designer, whoever independent. And yeah. it's common it's common that, that happens. So for them to do that was was huge for me and, and it, it's it's extra special. And um so even I remember and I'm just getting into all these flashbacks now, but on that Wednesday, um of that brand launch, it was like like I said, it was an emotional roller coaster. And it was just constant social media. I couldn't, I couldn't work that day. It was just crazy. <laughs> but then um, I got, it was like half 11 at night and I couldn't sleep. And for, so I'll, I don't look at my phone after a certain time, after about nine o'clock, I turn, it, I turn it away. But for some reason this night I had to check my emails on my phone. 
and I got an email at half eleven at night on the Wednesday, and it was one of the um the head of marketing and director at Rangers sent me a personal email basically saying, um, hi Cray, like I just want to personally thank you for all the work that you've done. Um, it means a lot to the club. You've done a fantastic job. It says ever, um, very from the very first meeting that you came in, you absolutely nailed it. You embodied the club. And then it was the next line under that, or something I can't remember what it said, but the next line underneath that was, you've just written yourself into the history of the club, Craig. You should be extremely proud. And I, was, and I, I mean, like, I fell to the floor. I mean, I, in my bedroom, just, like, speechless. Like, that's unbelievable. And then, so, see when you, like, seeing that note, like, even that day, you were, I was getting some negative responses and stuff like some fans or whatever and then you start to question a little bit because you think about one negative over a hundred positive but when I got that email it just eradicated everything all the negativity like that was the the client basically saying like you've done the best job possible like that's incredible and you've written yourself into the club and because back to when I was a wee boy in the stand with my big brother saying I told you I was like told you I was going to do something for this club, I told you I was going to be, play here or do something, but this is my calling, this was it, so I've still, like, I'm, I'm desperate, so now it's been out there, it's been launched, it's, it's been viewed by so many people, the positive response has been mental, and I'm desperate, I'm absolutely desperate to go to Ibrox on game day, and to see it all in action, um, I'll probably still be an emotional wreck, and also in that email, Rangers have invited me and my family up to, um, hospitality and oh, all those wow. kind of things just to say I know thank you and that that's another thing for me is like see like being an independent and I'm essentially one of my own like my my wife my, my brother my dad my mum all my friends and family like they're all part of this journey with me as well they've, they've been there every step of the way and helped me so this is my way of saying thank you and being able to share an experience like this like my dad and my brother stay in London and they're like as soon as, soon as that game getting on and it's booked they will be here um so like i can't it, it, yeah ah, it's just special man it's just totally yeah. special and that like i say is like people go up to me like oh what have you got real madrid or you got barcelona i said i'll be amazing it would be but it will never be the same feeling not that emotional connection not that not the brand that i grew up with and yeah. ran about with dreaming about Alan McCauley's Paul Gascon, Brian Loudrow, Barry Ferguson, all these legends of the game, like emulating and want to be like these people and and it's crazy. And you know what? You know it's even more bonkers, right? So LinkedIn's a credible place. Hmm. And when I put the 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 post out there, the, the feedback was just mental. But I ended up connecting with some of the like Rangers legends. So like Mark Haley sent me a comment as well, just saying fantastic work. Derek Johnston, who is like a, a legend, both are legends, um, he sent me a, a message was it yesterday saying, um, welcome to Ibrooks, Craig. And I'm just like, take a screen guy going, fucking Derek Johnston, <laughs> DJ. Send it to my dad, send it to my brother. And then I got a message from um, Bert Cornerman, who is a, was a Dutch international, and he sent, I sent him a message just saying, thank you for all your, your messages, uh, your support on the project. And he sent me a, an absolutely lovely message back to saying you've done an incredible project um, you've done well I look forward to meeting you at Ibrox one day and I'm just going this is fucking bonkers this is, <laughs> this is mental do you know what I mean like he's a, he's a legend these are people I grew up with and it's almost like that 
kind of connection with them and yeah, yeah. and uh, it, it's just surreal and yeah like listen like uh, you can tell how much it means to me and, and I'm going to keep enjoying it and I'm going to and I hope it lasts forever I really do because I don't like I don't think I'll ever get a project like this again on this emotional level so yeah just got to enjoy every moment of it that's that, like, wow! I, I mean, that I've got so many questions, and I'm sure you feel yeah. as well. And I'm going to come back to you in a second, Coop, and ask you a yeah, bit no about the branding and like because you know yeah. more about the branding process than me. So I'm going to sure. get you Coop, to lead head head down that route. Yeah. But um, well, yeah. I mean, we we both know like how much sports means to us, and and I think mm-hmm. non-football fans um can't don't don't have that appreciation for how much like it's, it's rooted into into your lives mm-hmm. as a kid um, and to, to be able to design for your football club that you love and, and you know, support all your life that is that mm-hmm. is the ultimate dream to any designer who loves football um, I think that's yeah. probably, you know, it's probably similar you keep some of a basketball fan so it's probably similar in basketball but basketball and, and, and NFL weirdly yeah so, <laughs> so it's probably similar that way and, and but over here we've got such a we've got such a culture of well it's probably most most countries and football but it's such a you know you're a football fan you, this is what you do you live and breathe every single day you talk about it you design for it everything's based mm-hmm. around football if, when you're not you know yeah. doing certain projects but the way you spoke about that project is the goal should be in my opinion the goal for every designer if you can get a project mm-hmm. you can speak like that about and, mm-hmm. and people should go back and listen to that again because that was it was beautiful the way you spoke about that it really was uh, I appreciate that Cheers, Matt. Yeah. I and thought then, I was going to cry multiple times. So <laughs> it's been an emotional week, yeah. and I'm, I was close yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just to follow up on that, like, if you're passionate about something, like, so football, for instance, like, when I um, wake up every day, the first thing I do is open up Sky Sports News, football, yeah. and then it'll be BBC football, and then it'll be Daily Record football, and then I'll check my emails, and then I'll check it. And that's just built my way of life, and that's always been the forefront. It is, it is part of my life, and then I'll be checking on the scores. I'll be checking up for the transfers. It's just, it's like you said, it's rooted in who I am and everything about my way of life. And to and as a creative, to be able to to contribute in that way and to fo- to combine my two great passions of football and typography is 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 incredible. And I highly like recommend like if. Anyone who's whether you know got a passion for football or any other sport, even anything at all, like if you can find a way to cross collaborate those two huge passions, whether it's design or whatever, like find a way to make it happen. Like I think a reason for me is because it happened is I speak a lot about football. I speak like in interviews and talks in my past life and subconsciously I asked I'm a big believer in visualization as well. Well now I I remember as a kid and even the past few years, like I've visualised me doing the Rangers project before I even got the Rangers project. I mean, I'm, I'm totally, I'm telling Let's the truth on that. that. Like, Can we talk I'm about a that huge, for a second? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Like I'm a, I'm a huge believer in visualisation and positive affirmations. Like it's radically changed my life. I mean, incredible. So my wife is a, a mental health nurse and my mum's a big believer in visualisation and affirmations as well and they've been saying to me, you need to do this. Because I was getting at a stage, especially in the early part of my career, was getting so bogged down in the fucking most minute mm-hmm. nonsense ever and then it dragged me down. 
And then I was in I was in London, but every time I was in London, every time I was dreaming and thinking about stuff, all was going back home, which to set up a studio in my hometown and and have a family, and work with clients across the world. And part of that as well is visualizing projects, and one was always Rangers. I mean, like the type on the back of the top, like I visualized that over and over and over again. The feeling of being in the stand seeing your work out there was another part of it as well like that emotional feeling I kept, I kept visualising it and feeling it as well and it all kind of regurgitated and it's almost like you're sending it out to the universe and it's it can be if you think it's cheesy it's totally fine like when I first told my brother and my dad about it I was still like well but I kid you not they've actually implemented in their lives and they've rather changed them as people as well and they don't see like even my friends as well like they've totally taking this technique on and um yeah like I, I every single day I'm visualizing and um to see something come to life that you visualized as well and the emotions that came with it it's just powerful I mean powerful like right now like so to show you to even say to you like exactly how this has worked for me like got my own home right bought my own home I'm in my hometown got my home studio I've got my wife's pregnant and she's due next 10 days with my little girl. Um, I've always dreamed about being a dad, having a beautiful wife and family. And um, uh, I, just, I, just, I sorry, I know it's getting emotional. No, it's... And, um, and, um, <laughs> and to work oh, man. with Rangers in that project, mate. So to to see it all come to life, it isn't, isn't by like luck. Mm. I, I believe it's a lot of hard work it's came out like that but a lot of persistence and visualising and asking the universe for it as well and putting it out there and it's it's all came back for me and I'm I'm living I'm living my dream I'm literally living my dream I'm living the best life I could possible mm-hmm. possibly live like I'm I'm a I'm speechless that's yeah, a dream. Did, did you uh, did you when you found out that your wife was pregnant did you have an idea whether you wanted a boy or a girl at first. Well, the other thing is, well, I always visualise having a girl first. Uh, um, I see, that's what always. And, um, yeah, I, I actually visualise the, the house, the 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 garden, and my little girl running mm. through the grass, and then uh, hopefully a little boy in the way in the next few years. Mm. That It's just, it's just it manifests. That's what yeah. happens, it manifests. You, know, you visualise something over and over again. So one thing, just to add to the top of all that stuff is, your mind is such a powerful tool. It's, it's more powerful than you can ever imagine. And whenever you think a, a negative moment happens in your life, or whether it's social media or it's mm-hmm. something totally scary or horrible, you have the power in your mind to turn that to a positive. You mm-hmm. have control to do that. Yeah. And once you realise that you have that control and responsibility to do something like that, honestly, like it can, it can create something powerful. And it, it seems... Very philosophical and scary and maybe sound crazy to some people, but it's worked for me. Yeah. Every time there's something negative comes in my life and I've been through some challenging times, I mean really, really challenging times, and I thought to myself, like, I'm gonna pull through this positively and I'm gonna I'm gonna do it the best way. And because being positive as well and rubs off on people. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is yeah. when you're negative, it rubs off on people. But if you put positive, it can rub off on people as well. So, the way I look at it, if I can be positive to the people who are surrounding me or around me, then it's been a difference in their life. 
mm. and they can be positive and then I can pass on because it can be a contagious thing. And I think that we live in a world where there's so much negativity now, like it's fucking almost common that it actually, you need to be more courageous to be positive. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. it takes, it's even more important to be positive in this day and age. And yeah, and if I've got to be the better, the far better of bloody positivity, then so be it. But listen, like, I'm so glad that it's all worked out the way it has and it all stemmed from positivity and visualisation and all those things, man. Definitely. I think that's something that I've tried to implement into my life. I remember at uni, in the first couple of years at uni, I would get, like, if I got criticism from my teacher, I would take that as a negative and I would feel negative about it. But I think going mm. into that last year of uni, I decided if I get something, some negative criticism, I'm going to try and turn it into a positive. And then slowly mm. over that over that year, I realized that I, I found myself enjoying design a lot more. Mm. Uh, uh, thinking my work was better because of it and, and uh, putting myself in better situations just from being mm-hmm. more positive on a day to day basis. Yeah. Even on that note, like in the sense of... Um getting negative feedback from work or clients or, or whatever. Like, we've all been there, every single one yeah. of us. And um, how many times you, you do a proposal, you send work over and then they say they don't like it or whatever. Or, but, right. or they send feedback and you go, fuck, like, <sighs> just torture. And you get you get angry, mm-hmm. you get upset, because we're all emotionally attached to our work. Um, but then you need to think probably in a more professional manner and kind of be more positive and think, okay, yeah. th- they may have a valid point. Let's take that into consideration. Let's take that feedback and turn it into a positive and, and think f- yeah. and go forward with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't get bogged down with that negativity. It's how yeah. you deal with those neg- negative situations. And it's, it's if you get hit down, like, how do you get back up and keep moving forward? Yeah, it's exactly. that famous Rocky saying, like, if you keep moving forward, you keep moving forward. And it's yeah. so true. I love that scene. Whether it's feedback, negativity in life or, or whatever, like you just mm-hmm. need to keep going on and get forward. And then every single time that you do that, you learn from the past experience. Like, yeah. I, I, I've made so many like failures and fucked up so many times and projects or whatever, but every single time I learn from it and go, I'll not do that again. I'll not do that again. Yeah. And um, But that's the key. Like, we're, we're figuring this out. We're stumbling along. And as long as you're acknowledging your mistakes and your neg- the negativity or whatever you want to call it and, and embracing it and going forward then that's your learning that's you developing as a person and as a de- designer or creative or whatever you want to call it um, so yeah just just kind of embracing all those factors mm-hmm. what, one more thing on the visualisation uh, bit what did you how do you do it how do you, how do, you do, do you say stuff to yourself how do I do it like, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, in the morning, so um, just before I wake up, when the alarm goes, usually I got to the stage now, I wake up before my alarm clock is mental. It's just crazy. <laughs> what time is Before I go in my bed, um, today was actually six, which is horrible. Wow. Um, nice. Uh, uh, it's horrible. Um, <laughs> but usually before I get in my bed, it's almost like I program myself for this moment. So I... I basically say a, a gratitude thing first. So I'm thankful for the people I have in my life, my wife, um, my little baby girl, family and friends, everything that I have, my home studio, all the opportunities that I have, all the money that I have, everything that I have, I'm grateful for. 
and I say thank you. I really, and then from that, I sit and I visualise um, all the positive things that I want to happen in my life, all the projects that I want to happen in my life, the, my personal stuff as well, the house, the bigger house, the family, all those extended things. And just replaying it, it only takes couple of minutes, do you know what I mean? It's not even a long time. Like all in all that would probably be about six, seven minutes, I think. Yeah. Sometimes you know, sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter. Um and then when I go out of my bed, um I just say thank you again. It's it sounds I've not really told anyone that <laughs> on a bloody podcast. I appreciate you saying it. it, yeah. it no it's very it, personal it, I think it, it is and but that's seven minutes out of your day before even day's begun and what it does is also it, it programs your mind from a positive start for to the day mm-hmm. like how many times have you went to bed on a negative thought and you, it manifests in your head right, right. and then you, it sits in your head and then you wake up the next day and it's still there still there and don't get me wrong like some days it, I get bogged down as well like it's not all days I'm super positive but I try and deal with it the best I could possibly do in that day Um. But the best thing about doing this visualisation, seeing the gratitude thing, is it sets you up for a positive day. And I also say to myself, I'm going to have a great day. Like, I say these things out loud as well. So usually when I go to a shower and stuff, I just say um, kind of positive affirmations, say them out loud, say it out to the viewers. Because actually saying out loud actually gives life to it as well yeah. in a weird way. But, no, it doesn't. Um, and then I crack on with my day. And then I, I, but I've not looked at any social media, not all the emails, not all the Sky Sports yet, done all these things first to set me up and then I go on and continue with my day. And then I do it every single day and I highly, highly recommend it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's nothing to lose by trying it at least. And there's there's so many more more experienced and experts about it than I am. Do you know what I mean? I just I found my own way of doing it. That's the other thing as well. Like there's no set way of doing it. Like if you prefer doing it at night then fine, do it for you, but the, the my gratitude thing is going to be different from yours, it's going to be different to everyone else's, so, like, do what you think feels best for you, but, yeah, like, j- just building your own kind of way of doing things and, and programming it into my mind and into my life, like, like, I used to be dead, like, kind of nervous at first, going, oh, what am I doing, what am I doing, but I'm not afraid, to, like, of showing my inner self to my wife and my family and friends like I talk about it openly now I'm telling everybody about it now so like I highly recommend doing it it's, it does yeah, make yeah. a huge difference well this is something that me and you keep are very um, very keen on thinking about at least mm-hmm. I don't know if you do anything like this you keep but uh, we we talked about this sort of stuff in the past with sports athletes we did a whole podcast on sports mentality in design how we take different traits from sports stars and athletes and get it into our like our design careers and um believing mm-hmm. yourself was a big part of that and um uh yeah just just this sort of stuff this sort of conversation and we talked about conor mcgregor mm-hmm. and you know, the visualization on that side and um yeah i think it's something that I, i've definitely always visualized stuff but i've never like done the whole mm-hmm. saying it to myself in the morning sort of thing mm-hmm. i think that could help as well totally i mean just to go sorry no, 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 just, no. I was just going to say, but see on the sports personality side, so I, a question I get often asked is, does your professional background influence your design work? Mm-hmm. And that 100% does. Um, like, that self-belief, that... Um, I think that the level of professionalism has hugely benefited my 
my business, my professional life in design, um, and and working to the highest standards that I could possibly work with every single day, and in pushing past past those barriers as much as I possibly can, like those the attitude thing as well, like in a in a sport environment, attitude's a big thing as well, and being on time, hitting your targets, blah 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 blah. And then taking all those elements that life experience and bringing it into this field, especially starting your own, my own business as well, was hugely, hugely beneficial. I mean, like, I didn't realise how beneficial it was. Like, I am extremely disciplined and focused in where I want to go and what I want to do every single day. Like, I've got a, a list I want to get through and I tick what I need to get through, all my targets and stuff like that. Like, that's what keeps me on track. Like... Don't get me wrong, there's some days I obviously unplug and take days off, obviously I do, and, and lead for creativity and, and all that kind of stuff, but every single day there's, I've, I know what's happening the next day, I know what I need to, to be done, I'm planning ahead, and that has set me up big time, and it's, I definitely believe that whole self-belief thing, and another thing as well is, is collaboration, like, I'm a big believer in collaboration, and being independent, like everybody thinks you're very insular, whereas I think I'm totally the opposite. I'm very open to a collaboration in in the sense of like when I ever work with someone and what depend whatever the project may be, like I give huge amount of responsibility for that person or creative to to do their thing. Yeah. Whatever their job is, go do it. Like if I bring people on board a project, um I trust in their abilities. I believe in them. I'm not gonna sit over the shoulder and go fucking change that red, change that blue or whatever, do you know what I mean? Like, But by doing that and being open to that collaboration and giving responsibility pushes them further as well and it actually creates a better outcome and in the end product, whatever that be, like countless times that's happened for me and I'm, I'm honestly like, I could do a piece of work, a bit of tight work and then hand over someone else to take it over and not be too precious about it and that's something that I've developed over the years as well, like not being too precious about your work and as creators were very like perfection and all that jazz but like I can look back at every single piece of my work and go ah oh, I could probably fine tune this here fine tune that there but the way I look at it is I did the best I could possibly do in that time frame whether the restrictions I had or whatever happened at all like that's exactly um what I could have done in that time frame and that's how it matters kind of thing sorry I get bloody notification pop up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you could you you were gonna say something? Did you do you oh, do position? I was actually gonna lead up to the question: Does your <laughs> did your professional football career? Oh, hey. that's a, no but, way. Yeah, that was that's it's it's funny. That's but yeah, I do to an extent. Yeah, I would. I do say, like on the drive to work, I kind of talk to myself, nice. and I'm sure every car that I drive past thinks I'm a lunatic. <laughs> but I just I just yeah, I kind of do the same thing where I just say like. We're gonna smash it today. I've got this going on. I've got this going on. This going yeah. going on, and we're just gonna go out and do the the best that we can, and and then I go from there. Nice. So totally, that, that's totally pretty, agree. pretty much my or or I go for a walk. I have a I try now to to wake up at like I'm trying to wake up at six, go and go for a yeah. run, and then during the run I'll kind of speak to myself. And again, people who walk past me will probably think I'm insane, <laughs> but. But it, it's my way to get myself motivated. You know, I think if you start the Good. day on the on a right foot, you can only, you know, it's only up from there. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that's how you're doing it your way. Yeah. Your way is different to every single other person. Mm-hmm. So just finding your own ways, the way forward. Definitely. Yeah. 
that's one thing I do to get out of a like if I'm in a creative block, so to speak. I'll I'll get in my car and just go somewhere. And mm-hmm. oh, did my thing to spike? I just saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that waveform. <laughs> I don't know what I did there. Um, but yeah, I'll just get in my car and drive. No, nowhere in particular. It's just I'll just start speaking to myself out loud. Yeah, totally. And, and uh, yeah, I think that helps getting that positivity flowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, love it. That's, um, I'm all about that. I think that's definitely something I, I, I can do more of. I think everyone should do more of. Yeah, love it. Um, so let's go into the, the Rangers uh, stuff more. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> See, I always, I always go side tangents. Like I'll talk one thing and yeah. then I'll talk something. It's, it's always it. like when I have a conversation. That's why we call it crazy waffle. Uh, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So you could, do you want to lead this one? T- tell us. Like break down what branding process is and, and walk Craig through it and give us all the secrets. <laughs> in, in what in what sense? Well, like uh, like I don't know, like break it down. Like what would you, what would you do? Like research uh, and then like following on how that. Do you want me? To, do you want yeah, me to I mean, explain? Yeah. Uh, yeah, go for I'm it. I was going to say, do you want me? Do you want me to explain the process behind? I did all the work. Would that be easier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I, yes. I can chime in so, with the branding as well. Yeah, yeah, like. Go for it. Um, so research is absolutely pivotal um, to any yeah. branding project, typeface or whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always get it about this one is I got to go back to my mum's and open up the, all the memorabilia, all the old programs, all the old football strips, got them all out, looking at typefaces this time and seeing what it's all about. And just sitting there with my mum and just in, like, remember we went to this game, remember we went to that, remember that top used to fit me, it was like a wee small boy. <laughs> And um, <laughs> but then I organised a trip to Ibrox as well, obviously for research purposes and also mm. for being a fan and wanting to see inside of Ibrox again, um, which is awesome. And like every time you go back, there's something new going on, which is amazing to see. And I was gaining inspiration from the club, the architecture, the rich heritage, which is there, all the type that's been used on the walls, uh, all the memorabilia all those bits and pieces as well. But there was one, there was, <laughs> there was one moment, uh, there's, um, the coaches have got like a changing room in Ibrox. Mm. And uh, so we walked in there and they're like, oh, that's just Stevie G's, Stevie Gerrard's locker. And I looked underneath and there was a pair of Adidas Stan Smiths. And the first thing that came to my head was, steal them, Craig, steal those Stan Smiths. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I could nick them. I could nick their trainers. And, uh, but I never did. Good next DVDs trainers and put them on eBay. Um, but then, like, going across the club as well, walking out through the tunnel and just getting a sense of what the brand was all about as well, or, like, yeah. in a kind of physical space as well, um, and where the type would be illustrated. So, and then from that, I was pencil to paper, literally right away, like, sketching these ideas. But, like I said before, like, I kind of knew exactly what I needed to do. Um, even the height, even the, the X height, the typeface and stuff, like I, it felt like it was, I was like intrinsic with what I needed to be done because it was a round old crest. So mm. I knew that it had to be kind of this, um, kind of geo, like kind of circular geometric kind of type because it had to fit around in kind of equal spacing as well and fill out the, the white space. Um, cause previously it was, it was all over the place and that's why they brought me in to obviously create all this um, and then from those pencil sketches it was the digital bringing it into Illustrator 
and then like building the shapes in Illustrator, as you can imagine, mm. fine tuning as a go. And I also worked with a um a guy called Joe Stilton, um, based in California. So Joe's an incredible designer. I mean, like, unbelievable experienced as well. Like he's ex Nike, uh, Google, um, all these big massive agencies over the years, and he is the type finesse master, right? And I was like, Joe, you need to help me. And bring his typeface to life because he's also like a kind of font engineer. So as much as I've got the Illustrator files, like I, I don't know how to turn that into like a, a open type file kind of thing. So I need to go to Joe to help do that and basically help fine tune anything that I've done. So working with him on this project was absolutely incredible as well because his experience uh, in doing these things as well is, is pretty good because I've that was probably my very first time doing a commercial typeface. Um. Mm in that element, in that space. Um, so working with Joe to, like, kind of, almost kind of guide me at certain points, like, um, try this, try that, try do this. And I was pushing back on him and forward. So it was, again, it was that amazing kind of collaboration. But all the letter forms, all the the numerals were more or less created from me. And then it was, like, kind of the fine-tuning from there. So Joe yeah. ended up creating the file. And then from that, we sent that to the design agency and they implemented it into all the brand collateral, which is from the crest to various other parts, signage, to type on the back of the kits and also uh, a typeface for the website as well. So even if you went to rangers.co.uk, you'll notice there's um, the typeface is actually slightly different. It's called, the, the one that I, and the main one that I've called is Rangers Display, but the one on the Rangers website is called Rangers Digital and it only lives on the website. And the reason for that, it has, um, it basically has cut off serifs on it because if you see Rangers displays get goes into a point each serif, but this one's a cut off serif. So the reason for that is for legibility on a, a digital screen. So and it and there's a little bit more inkwells inside of the letter R and the Q and K if I can remember. So basically, there's more space because it basically allows the type to breathe a little bit more uh, on a digital platform. Um. So that was something else that I had to do as the project evolved as well. It wasn't originally part of it, but it just kind of expanded that point. Um, and then from there, like working with the marketing team and um, the guys at Seesaw uh, to bring it all to life and just be always at that point was being a consultant as well and, and helping them and saying, right, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Um, and this is how I see the typeface being used, blah, 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 given my experience that way. So... It was an amazing project, but that is essentially how the process went. Um, obviously, in my point of view, the pencil sketches, the digital stuff, like Illustrator, was all very minute details mm. and painstaking. Um, but it was all worth it, and I loved every every bloody second of it. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, the branding side of it is it's exactly the same practically. You know, it starts with the, like I think of. Um, the first project that I worked on was Nelson and Cone College. And mm. I, I had a kind of similar thing where my dad went to Nelson and Cone College and he's quite proud of the fact that he went to Nelson and Cone College. And I had, the, I had the thing where I couldn't tell him that I was working on Nelson and Cone College, <laughs> but I had to ask him about the history. And and mm. I had the whole thing where like, show me some pictures of what it used to look like and all that. Oh, show me what the logo looked like when you were there and research like we did competitor research best practice you know whether it be local or you know further out the the only the only part i think was the um 
like f figuring out the messaging and the values and the story and how to make it human, how to target it towards mm -hmm. a certain group. But yeah, it's it's the exact same process. It's just a lot of getting on Illustrator, you're putting pen to paper and making sure you have all the rationale behind yeah behind the visuals, you know, because it can look as pretty as you want it to look, but it has no if it has no meaning, it kind of it, it's mm -hmm. just kind of sat there. But um, yeah, yeah just finding every piece of rationale you can do and implementing it into the, the messaging and the story and finding the why, why this company yeah. is, is about, what's it about, why, why does it do what it do? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, Simon Sinek says, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And that's something that I, I think we implement, implement into mm -hmm. our branding uh, at Sun. That's probably even more so totally. a football club or a you know, sports yeah, team as well. Yeah, I think. Uh, did you get to see any of that side of it, and the side of the? Um, oh, I guess you did because you did the obviously the, the type. Right? So, you, you, the, the the actual like the the line and all sorts of the the bits that came around it. Yeah, yeah, I was all, I was part of the whole process as well, and um, the guys at Seesaw did a fantastic job in building mm. that line as well. Um, Mo, who is the creative director there, he that was his specialty. He's a fantastic illustrator. Um, but he was there, they were sending it to me going, what do you think of this? And I was giving my expert opinion and about the, the line as well, the colours, everything. Yeah. Like, it was more than just a typeface. It was, it was a huge collaboration project. And I think my expertise and, and just experience as well like just helped the overall. And they were the same for me like in terms of the typeface as well. And tell me areas where they think it could be changed and stuff like that. Um, because there was one that was um, Big Greg, who is the lead designer at Seesaw. And on the letters E and the letters F, the middle bar, if you noticed, has a little kind of arc down. And the idea behind that is obviously it points towards a kind of um, the typical serif, but it's, a, it's basically to represent the claw of the line. So if you see the line and you see those little small, like there's a kind of... Um, correlation between the two so that was a whole part of it as well like a lot of the shape forms of the letter forms correlates to the the line so that's why they work so well together um it's like we it's like very like minute details like that and make the whole picture make sense and work as a whole and i think that's why it's um works so well because it it connects with the audience it connects with yeah. the fans like they notice these things as well like I've had non-creative fans going like to me, going, oh, that reminds me of the claw, and uh, that reminds me of the gate, that reminds me of the bluebells, and like, because bluebells are, like, yeah. all these things, and that's exactly yeah. what I had to do, and what I had to achieve was mm -hmm. that, so everything that I've created, is derived from some place, or some form, yeah. or there's a reason, it's going back to your reason behind the why, why yeah. was it like this, why is it like that, and that's exactly how that typefaces came out. It's the excitement of like everyone gets the same amount of excitement the first time they realize there's an arrow in the FedEx logo. You know, you, you yeah. don't ha you don't have yeah. to be you don't have to be a creative to figure that out. Yeah, that's a that's a, that's a cool that's a cool logo. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I showed my grand that that was great. That, that was a cool day. So yeah, one of the first videos I did for YouTube was um like a, a hidden meanings in logos, uh, with my grand and it was great. It, what I was should, it? I should go. I should go. Should go back and do more of her because um, yeah, fantastic. But, uh, but yeah, just that little spark you see, and yeah, it's just fun. Um, it's amazing though that non-creative fans have picked up on that. I think that's really fantastic. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, like I, I get back to the response from 
the response has been insane. I mean, yeah. absolutely insane. And do you think it's one of the best received of... rebrands that we've seen? Because there's been a lot of football rebrands recently that haven't gone well. Um, well, gone well, but not gone well with the fans. Mm. Obviously, obviously, I can always speak for myself, but I think, yeah, because I've not done any other ones, but I think it's been, I, I think, to be honest, yes, it, it has been very, I think it's been, I don't know if it's a yes or no answer, I don't really know exactly, mm. but there's been some amazing like, rebrands of like, like Juventus and, um, which are done by Interbrand, I believe, yeah. unreal, unbelievable, yeah. and the guys at Dixon Baxi done that got bad press from the fans, right? It did at first. It yeah, did right. at first, but I think what I admire about UV is they were. I think I, I don't want to be too quoted on this, but I'm sure they were saying they were seeing UV as a, a lifestyle brand. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. more than a more than just football, and I think that was amazing. That's because if you see the way that they marketed the, the the brand, it was like almost like a fashion bloody yeah, and there was like a restaurant they had and all mm. these, but like that's part of, I've not been, but I, I, I believe that it's when you go to, um, oh, what's the UV stadium name? Is it Stadio oh. Lippi, Lippi or something? Is that, know, what's actually. the name? Oh, I can only think of San Siro. Let myself down there. No, no. Uh, so I'm sure that they've got this whole branding market going around the whole stadium. And then, yeah, Dixon Baxi done a fantastic job on the AC Milan rebrand. Yeah. Like, that was absolutely dynamite from them. And and, uh, and they've done fantastic on that. And it was great. I, I, I loved, I loved seeing, because they're, uh, like, I think they're great guys as well. And I love people doing things like that. And they're, like, geeking out on the fact that it's yeah. football and it's all this thing. So like they were like to be honest, they were the first ones to comment on the Rangers project as well. They said like what an amazing job. So and in in a way it was nice for other creatives to like say well done. Mm. That was nice for me as well. And like and the the connections and the what it's led to so far has been crazy and it's led to more exciting opportunities for me, um, which is great and new projects which I'm working on right now actually. So so yeah, like to answer that question, is it one of, one of the best ones? I don't know. <laughs> Hopefully, um, yeah. but yeah, it's I, I think I've I've done exactly what the client wanted. That's all that mattered. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what matters. <laughs> yeah, Love and it. you yeah. see, you see websites like under consideration or whoever it may be. You always get those people commenting, going, "Oh, I could do a better <laughs> job of that." That's that's some of know, my favorite see, stuff. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that that's that's a crazy website, but. I um I noticed I noticed that actually it, it went on to um the Rangers project went on to un, under consideration uh-huh. and uh, I was a little bit I was really nervous at first because mm. it's usually quite brutal it can be brutal mm-hmm. and it's like and it's just something like I I totally admire is it Armin Armin's yeah, viewpoint Armin, as yeah. well and and what he says like he's got he's he's spot on uh, sometimes as well so but his assessment of the brand was. Was mm. great actually, really great, and um, and I believe you say the typeface was um was excellent. So nothing to comment on that. Um, and then I I was like curious to see what the the you know these people like, comment on it. I was like, cause it usually they're, they're absolutely brutal, really yeah. brutal. Oh yeah. Uh, but honestly, like the majority of it is really positive actually. Mm. Um, really really good. Um, there's some there was I remember there's some person who says uh my typeface looks like it's been done by a child um <laughs> it looks uh sh- oh, i was just i got ridiculed by thing oh, no. 
I know, I just like, I okay, mate, right, fair enough. That's what you think, okay. We, but we yeah, just, I'm not going to please everyone. Well, yeah, we get stuff like that, but we keep telling ourselves, um, you know, designers, we don't design for other designers. Mm. It, it's great to hear the criticism, oh, sorry, the feedback from other designers that mm-hmm. you admire and stuff. But it's important yeah. to remember that, you know, we're serving a purpose and we're designing for a client and we're designing for uh, a consumer. So not to yeah. get too bogged down if somebody says, well, I can do a better job. So, okay. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's talking about Armavit, by the way. Um, he gave some really practical advice around how to survive a recession uh, when we did a podcast with him, which is a yeah, crazy topic to think about oh, really? on a design podcast. But so, yeah, if you're listening to this and want, to, want some potentially very very practical advice for right now um, go over there uh, find it somewhere on Creative Waffle it's probably back in the 50s episodes whatever but um, it's well before 100 anyway so yeah recession and how we built um, under consideration and uh, his event as well so yeah um, <laughs> sorry I had to do it because it might be useful for someone <laughs> no fair play uh, <laughs> dying on the podcast now as well um yeah, it's, it's, this has been great. I've, I've loved it. I uh, love to chat with you about this. And it's, it's, it's exciting to hear um, that people get these jobs. It's been like, um, actually, a fellow, another fellow Glaswegian, uh, although he doesn't, he, I don't think he's from there, but uh, you know Marcus Merritt? Um, yeah, still a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus, so he, a, Marcus, a good friend of mine. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he, yeah, he, he did the FA Cup uh, programme this week. Uh, and, and that yes. was amazing. Like, and, and, the way and he, he also done the... Stuff, yeah, it's probably he's he's a big football nut as well. We yeah. me and him would uh, talk a lot about football. But what was he when the was it was the Champions League he did? Was it? I can't. Oh, he's going to kill me for this. Was it a Champions League he did? Um, was it for last season? And he he created sixteen. It was based off a personal project, wasn't it? The stadiums, and he worked mm. with UEFA on it was either UEFA Cup or Champions League, and he created like sixteen illustrations. And it went to the UEFA HQ, and it was like displayed in their like official museum thing or whatever. And I was like so happy for him. I mean, like delighted for the guy because I know how much it meant to him. And mm. I, I was like, I think it was last year. And it was just it's brilliant to see. I, like I, I love seeing other creatives thriving and getting to work on their dream projects. Like I'm the yeah, first yeah. one to congratulate them. I'm the first one to to give them like the praise because it's it's amazing and to see other people doing successful work and or whether they deem successful regardless of who the client is like like if they do something that they love and they're passionate about it like i love seeing that and it makes people happy and at the end of the day happiness is a key to life do you know what i mean it totally is i love it and yeah it was uh for the euros his marcus Marriott's project um euros that was postponed, it I yeah. something. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry marcus it still means everything it's still a great project um <laughs> No, but he he's been huge inspiration for uh, the way he talks about design. Because obviously, style wise, I'm not you know, not even thinking about mm-hmm. being on the same page. But um, just the way he talks about design, I think I'm on the podcast, I've spoken to him quite a few times. Um, met him actually in Glasgow, and uh, that would have been a cool podcast. Me, you, and Marcus have been in the same room. When we if we, we need to make that. it happen. We, yeah. we need to make it happen next time. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, but actually, I come back. We we did a, FIFA, a freelance FIFA um, tournament as well, which we could do that as well. I played Marcus at FIFA, no, uh, and also 
before we went up to Scotland, we did a like a around the UK, around the England FIFA tournament with just designers as well. But um, <laughs> so that was good. But uh, I don't know. I'm going with this conversation now. I completely lost it. But um, yeah, I don't know. The way that you guys talk about football and working with football clients and it's, it's yeah, it's, it's amazing. And I've, I've just lucky, been lucky mm. just to get a taste of that with, with my job. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's generally the best thing. And and that what I've seen, like if you if you look at Marcus, for instance, and um, and there's other amazing illustrators right there who've got a, I can't remember full names off the top of my head, but they've got a passion for football. Yeah. But what they started off, they in terms of like getting the commissions from the likes of Rangers and UEFA and all these people, it's like what they started off with was personal projects, mm. like showing their passion, showing like putting work into the portfolio that they want to get hired for. So Marcus, prime example, he um did the illustrations of football stadiums across the world, iconic ones, and he got so much work off the back of that. I'm sure he worked with Arsenal as well. He did. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. he got the he got the UEFA project. Um, he's done, and he worked for. I'm sure he worked with Hibs at one point, but it all stemmed from a personal project. It's the same from my work. Like when I started at the very beginning, like all my all my clients came through seeing personal projects of mine, um it was all work that I wanted to get hired for. So I wanted to showcase the world of what I was capable of doing. And I th- that's how things manifest. That's how you got there. So, and the other thing with the, how I got the Rangers project was obviously having a, an online presence on LinkedIn. LinkedIn was where it actually all started. Um, so I've doubled down on LinkedIn as a, a business platform for me mm-hmm. uh, and get work out there and connecting with people. Nice. It's like, it's brilliant. And, and I highly recommend creatives to go on there. Um, and that's where Big Greg of Seesaw found me, emailed me, and then it went from there. So, and he'd been following my work for a long period of time as well. So he obviously bought me as uh, my work, but he also bought me as a person. Because he also said that to me when, he, when we first met up. He says, the reason why I, I wanted to work with you is because of your personality. I felt as if I knew who you were before you came into the room. And that's a powerful tool to have. Like, like doing that as this interview as well, like... If you met me in real life, it's the exact same that you'd have the exact same real life. But the way that I come across on social media and LinkedIn is the exact same person. And that's important for me because it's part of my brand as well. And people and other brands, clients want to connect with Craig Black Design, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. Um, so it's it's combining all those elements to create opportunities and, and just speaking about your passions and sharing the world because... There's people there who have got, I guarantee, have got very niche passions they would love to work with and don't tell anyone about it. But see, the thing is, if you do tell people about it or share it with the world, your your people will come to you. The people who are into that as well will gravitate towards you. And that's exactly what happened for me with Rangers. Like, those things, things happen for a reason. And people, if you share that out to the world, whatever your passions are, like, naturally, those people will come towards you because they go, oh, there's someone else who's got the same passion as me. There's an our guys the same passion as Rangers as I have X, Y, and Z. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a every there's all there's a multitude of things that happen. Hundred percent get what you mean because that's, that's exactly what happened with this job. Is it's got you got the job by talking about saying I want to I want to work for Premier League Football Club, and then there you go. Then yeah. the recruitment agency reaches out on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I gen I genuinely think if you want to be on one social uh, right now, twenty twenty <laughs> coming into twenty twenty one, I really do believe LinkedIn is the is the it's a place to be. Yeah, fuck off 100% all the other ones. Forget it. Build your website. Get LinkedIn. Sort yourself out. 
<laughs> yep. This is totally I'm saying that because like we, we've on the podcast yeah. the last couple of episodes, LinkedIn has come up, and it's been yeah, like, that's the place. Um, so mm-hmm. anyone listening, younger designers listening, definitely get on it. But uh, yeah, amazing, amazing conversation. Jakub, is there anything else you want to ask before we go into the last couple of questions? Oh um, no, I think everything that was on my notes we hit on without me so without me saying anything. So, <laughs> so just nice. me rambling on. No, I mean you. Any questions that I had, you've answered definitely. So thank you a lot for that. Lovely, lovely stuff. Um, so the last couple of questions. First of all, would you ever work for Celtic? <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, or you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, so I, 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 no, I, I, in a professional, yes, I would. I think I would. Um, Got to be professional. Um and leave my personal feelings aside and do a great job for them. Funny enough, though, it was as soon as the Rangers project launched, uh, the I think it was on the the market head of marketing at Celtic added me on LinkedIn. And I told I told my wife and she started laughing. I told my brother like you better not design for them. <laughs> but you know what the first. The first person who told me who said if it did happen then you better you should do it is my brother and he's a Rangers diehard. He says like Craig, like you're a business, you're a professional at the end of the day, so you've got a job to do. So Fair yes play. I would. Good answer then. Good answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one, uh, we talked quite deeply about you know, uh, visualising stuff, but we also like to leave the podcast with a few deeper questions as well. Um actually just thought of one that's not so deep, but um Hundred uh, best purchase under hundred pounds is the first one, and then we're going to the deeper ones. So, what's your best purchase the under hundred pounds? Under hundred pounds, um, pencils. Nice. This one, like um, Pentel, Pentel pencils. There's a various ones. Um, I can't even find my like, good one. They're probably between five and ten quid. Absolutely essential to my day to day. Life, um, design, creativity, drawing is. I'm always pencil and paper, also paper as well. <laughs> like, I don't personally like. I've I've got an iPad Pro, and all that stuff, and I've barely even touched it. Like, I always go back to pencil and paper, and then I trace on top on a light box, then pen. Takes me longer, but it's my process, and I always and I think I believe in that. I've used the iPad Pro a wee bit. It's good, but nothing beats a trusted pencil. That's for me. Yeah, yeah. I've heard I've heard a few people say that, and a couple of the people's answers as well have been uh, best purchase is, is the Apple pencil. But I think you can't beat pen, <laughs> pen and paper, pencil paper. Yeah. Um, so the next one is uh, Jimmy Life Advice. What, what's uh, if you're going to give some life advice out to younger people listening? That's a, that's that's a, bad a big one. one. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? This one works for me, and um, let me just see. I'm getting this right. Take responsibility for where you are. So what I mean by that is, for whatever your current situation is, whatever you are, whether you're not got a job or whatever, you're struggling, you've been let go. Take responsibility of that situation and turn it into a positive. No one else can do it for you other than you. Um, I, I've used that motto throughout my whole life. And taking that responsibility on has pushed me forward and created more opportunities than I can ever dream to imagine. And 
and not blaming anyone else for the kind of situation. Like, take it on the chin and move forward and make something happen. You take responsibility. You can't expect anyone else to do anything for you. Um, and that's, yeah, that's the best advice I could give. That's very, very good advice. Yeah. I've heard, I don't know if you've heard um, Jocko Willing talk about that at all. The uh, American Navy SEAL bloke. Yeah. He, he's written a book called um, Responsibility Equals Freedom. Uh, it might be called Extreme Responsibility right. Equals Freedom. Um, but yeah, it's along very similar lines. You know, you create your own path of mm-hmm. you know, what <laughs> you, you've got your own control. Right? If, you, if you're responsible for everything you do and everything that happens to you, then you're in control. So 100% agree. Totally agree. It's good. It's good. Um, the last one is how do you want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? Um, so I'm going to kind of give you more. So in my hometown, I've actually, I've actually started a social enterprise called Creative Inverclyde. So Inverclyde is the district in where I stay in and there's like five towns within that. And the whole part of that is how I, I believe that creativity can create social change and change. I truly believe that creativity can change the world. Mm. And what I mean by that is not necessarily grand, big, massive change and like transforming stuff. But what I mean is changing one person's life and making an impact on one single person. So what I mean by that is going back to the whole positivity stuff. If I can make a positive impact on someone in their life and change it for the better, then that's me changing the world because they're going to take that on to someone else and pass it on. So that one single person is passing on and making a difference. Um, so in terms of in that whole substance, that creative immortality, that social enterprise, like I want that to be a breathing ground for other creators to thrive and enjoy and be happy and create change within the area that I stay, like showing how creativity can brighten someone's life, whether they have mental health issues or any other kind of issues going in life, like a nice beautiful piece of art or a mural design can actually brighten up someone's day. Actually taking someone's mind and using their hands to create something can make someone happy. Like simple things like that is is something I want to do and that's something I'm striving for. It's a project I'm part of which I'm going to be part of for the next 20, 30 years or whatever. Like, this is something I'm in for the long run because I, I believe in making an impact and not only in my hometown, but I, I'm going to spread this across Scotland and I'm going to spread it across worldwide as well. Um, so I want, to, I want to be... I want to leave a legacy of, like, showing that hard work pays off, but also that you can make your dreams become a reality. Like, you really can, whatever those dreams are you can make it come true and it just takes a bit of self-belief and hard work to make it happen um so i want to be remembered as a guy who could do that and inspire others um hopefully i can do that that's my goal well, i'm pleased to say you've done it for me so thank you very much for doing this podcast <laughs> definitely uh, so i'll get thanks, thanks for having me yeah man <laughs> generally i've never i don't think i've cried on the podcast before but like, you got me too <laughs> so. I, I got uh, very close today I think it's I think it's yeah the whole whole week we've had and um, and yeah hearing that story and hearing how emotional you got around the football stuff and having mm. a very similar um, sort of want uh, I I want that goal like, I want the same goal as you and yeah. hearing that someone someone does it someone can do it someone you've done it and hearing that firsthand mm-hmm. yeah it really gets you and um, and it and it and it does help it's like it does help to see that someone else has done it and it makes it also makes it kind of tangible mm-hmm. as well like 
the thing for me is when I started my career, I didn't have that. I didn't have that person to to look up to. There was other creators I aspired, I liked, I loved what they were doing, but I, I essentially wanted to forge my own path. Mm-hmm. And does this, I don't know if anyone's seen this, right? And this is going a bit cheesy again, but <laughs> there's this kind of famous uh, speech by Matthew McConaughey, the, the actor, yeah. and he receives an award, I think it's the Golden Globes, and he speaks about the guy, the man who inspires him. Yeah. You heard this? Yeah, I, I, think I, know, I think I know which one you're talking about. This is, it, it hit me like a lightning bolt, and uh-huh. it's exactly like what I've been thinking about my whole life, I think. Mm-hmm. But basically what he's saying is, you should definitely go this, go on to YouTube and find it, Matthew McConaughey's speech, you'll find it. And um, in the short way I'm trying to tell this is, he is chasing the, himself 10 years from now. He says, I'm striving to be that man in 10 years. And I, every single day I'm working towards a better person of who I am every single day and see when it gets to that 10 year point he says I'm not even close to the person I was before because I'm chasing the next guy the next me in 10 years time so he's always striving for a better self and better self and I just that was just so inspiring to me because it's like he is chasing a better version of himself every single day rather than a a certain figure because you can't you can't be anyone else other than you that is that is the beauty of it and I think we're in a society where we work with us celebrities there's footballers there's whatever and we all strive to be like these people mm. whereas you should only try and be the best you could possibly be as a human being and that's your hero that should be your inspiration don't try and be someone else because you see the thing is see as much as you try to be a someone a cele- some sort of celebrity or whatever you'll never be it you'll never yeah. no matter what you do you'll never get there the best you could ever do is be the best version of yourself so i highly recommend watching that um hugely inspiring and that's exactly how I live my life 100% amazing amazing um, where can people find you on social media and uh, say hello to you uh, you can find me on twitter and instagram at at underscore Craig Black you can find me on LinkedIn Craig Black or you can go on my website which is craigblackdesign.com and if you ever want to check out the social enterprise, it's creativeinverclyde.com um, and you'll find out more about us over there. Perfect. Hopefully we can have a pint one day and uh, come back up to Scotland. I know. Um, I'm desperate for a pint. I'm, <laughs> I've not been to a pub yet. I'm desperate for a pint. Is your, are the pubs open in Scotland? They have. They just opened the other week, but uh, just because my wife Ali's pregnant, so I'm uh, just like yeah. trying to be... Supportive and all that, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, I try not to do it and I'm like all my pals are like, Oh I've got this pint I'm like fuck oh, <laughs> Yeah. So once the baby's here I'm going straight to the pub. That's my job. <laughs> well listen to the podcast. This has been a pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. I've loved it. I just talked the whole time and just rambled on. Well yeah, that's, yeah, we can do it anytime you want as well. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And that is the podcast. Recorded, finished. Amazing. What a chat.